you. I'm Sarah Vine and this is Sarah Vine's Female Half Hour from Mail Plus. I'm joined this week and every week by my friend and co-host Imogen Edwards-Jones. And coming up on today's show, Boris's garden party. Or is it a garden party? Or is it a work do? Who knows? Could this be the end of the Prime Ministership? I don't actually think it will be. But anyway, we're going to talk to his biographer, Andrew Jimson. Is vegan food actually worse for you than meat? We'll hear from the food czar himself, Mr. Henry Dimbleby. And finally, (laughs) we will hear from our resident astrologer, Therese Chung, about what the stars hold for unvaccinated, very naughty, tennis star Novak Djokovic. But first, Prince Andrew... Oh, I know. I'm sort of slightly overwhelmed by news this week. Yes. There's so much news. It's brilliant. On the front page of the Daily Mail today, news. there's a big red square and it says, what a day of drama. <laughs> I and agree. That's sort of how I feel. It's just too much news. I mean, you would have thought they're both, both those, both Boris and Prince Andrew are probably hiding behind each other. <laughs> one is hoping the other one is going to do do worse. It's like two ho- a two-horse race. Who is going to be at the <laughs> top of the, the news? going to have the worst time today. going to have the worst time. I do feel a bit sorry for Prince Andrew. I don't understand the whole legal case about anything all i know is that photograph looks very very dodgy yes i mean the thing is that um also i'm not entirely sure the americans have got quite the right motives here seems to me that i mean it's all a civil court case Mm. it's all happening behind closed doors there's no jury there's a whole load there's no transparency i mean weird yeah it would have been so much easier if Mm. they'd all sat around a table Mm. all of them and said this is what happened this Mm. is what happened i did this Mm. you did that can we work this out i think there are difficulties because i think that he looks quite dodgy because he won't sit down and basically answer the questions no and she i think looks quite dodgy because a she's already taken quite a lot of money i know um in 2009 she got half a million dollars yeah and b by her own admission and by her lawyer's admission she was also involved in the grooming of very young girls for the epstein purposes Mm. so i think she's also quite a sort of odd character well she just appears to be after money actually yeah. which is doesn't put her in a very flattering light I think if she no. was I think if she'd been sort of saying I don't want money all mm. I want is justice for me and all well it's interesting because last week we had an interview in the Daily Mail with one of the key witnesses in the mm. trial who was actually groomed by Virginia yes at the age of 13 or 14 Gosh, yeah. so she recruited this girl mm. Virginia recruited this girl and she says that when Virginia told her that she had slept with Prince Andrew, that she was really excited mm. and didn't seem at all upset about it. Yeah, and so it's quite an. Int- there are a lot of blurred lines, and it's a very grey area. Yeah, and it's very hard to tell. You know, obviously at a distance of years, mm. who said and who did what. And I, my feeling for Andrew is that he should just have his day. Mm. Because the thing is, if he doesn't, he's going to spend the rest of his life under this cloud. Yes. And so he's, he's you know, he's in a lose-lose situation. Yeah. I think he might as well just go and face the music. But I don't think he should go to America. No. Because I think that the Americans are naturally ill-disposed towards Well, him. they have some sort of agenda. That and also they, they have yeah. a very strange legal system that isn't really, I don't think... I mean, if you look at the if you look at the Maxwell case, mm. four of the jurors in the Maxwell case have now been found to have lied on their forms. God. So I mean, if that's the standard of the, of juries that you've got in America, I mean, I don't have a lot of wouldn't no. have a lot. I wouldn't have a lot of confidence in their capacity to run a proper trial. Yeah, that's the issue. I think. Yeah. So I don't know. I think he needs to. If I were him, I think I would probably just face the music. I think you just have to be brave yeah. and just say, "Listen, this is what happened." Yeah. I uh, you know, I didn't know that she was trafficked. Exactly. I thought she was rather pretty. Yes. I was single. 
Yes. At the time, I'm very sorry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, she was 17, you know, she which was is legal in, in this, this country. country. Exactly. Yeah. So, I uh, mean, yeah. but, you know, yeah, it, it, I, I don't know. So there's been also allegedly some suggestion that, you know, her age is not necessarily... True. So I don't know. I mean, I just think he needs to just... St- I, th- I think the best thing he can do is to just come out and deal with it and face it like yeah. a man. Yeah. And stop trying to sort of run away from it really and hide from yeah from that's my view yeah. anyway for what it's worth yes well, i'm sure he's not listening no, <laughs> or his lawyers. <laughs> anyway on to boris oh good <laughs> the other horse in the race yes boris johnson finally admitted at yesterday's prime minister's questions that he had attended a party in may <gasps> 2020, a party. An actual actual party, party. gosh. But claimed he thought it was a work event. Mm. Okay. Can he weather this crisis? (laughs) Now, to discuss this, we are joined by Andrew Jimson, who is, of course, Boris Johnson's biographer. Mm. Andrew, hello. Busy time for you, I should imagine. (laughs) It's very busy. And, of course, I don't accept most of the the offers of conversation that I get. But you and him are very privileged. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. So, um, irresistible, both of you. <laughs> so where, so I mean, you know, where do we go from here? Where does he go from do here? Do we feel sorry for him, though? Do you feel sorry for him? Yes, Andrew, I do. Yes, yes, I do. Yes. Andrew, do you feel um, sorry for him? Well, I certainly felt sorry for him when his mother died, which mm. was only a few months ago. Mm. And I think he will have felt that very deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he does actually feel the, the, um, the misery of people whose whose own mothers or sisters or whatever it might be have died mm, mm. and who they couldn't visit. I mean, I think he does. I think he genuine, genuinely sort of has, feels a sort of fellow feeling about that. Um, but um, he's also very, very tough. He's very resilient, mm. um, and he is very optimistic. And he'll hope, oddly enough. I mean, the the the, the media are not going to say this, or, or most of them aren't. But he'll hope he's he's. Um, that he can weather this, mm. and that he and that he might even be through the that the worst moment was Prime Minister's questions. Mm. Um, that's mm. what he'll hope. Of course, he might be wrong, but um, he probably has better grounds for hoping that than than all the people who pile in to condemn him. Yes, um, I mean, I think the thing is that he, we, we've got to wait for this Sue Gray report, which I think is next week, and yep. I, I suspect it will say that technically they didn't break any rules. Mm. But I think the problem is that it's. <laughs> It's sort of death by a thousand cuts for him, really, isn't it? Because it's it's a common. It's not this one incident, really. It's just that there's a tipping point, and it's because there's well, been it's not sim- this one incident. It's it's something which something very important which happened on the 23rd of uh, June 2016, and a large mm. body of people have hated him since then, mm. and various other people have joined in since. And obviously, our dear old friend Dominic Cummings is is out to get him. Yes, various people are out to get him, and I think the wider public uh, is quite possible that these people who want to get Johnson and get him over something which, in the great scheme of things, is pretty trivial. Mm. Um, yeah. a, part, a party on a particular day almost two years ago. Uh, these people who had to get him, I think the sort of live and let live England that's out there may start to think, well, these Puritans, they mm. can't bear any idea of a party. They can't bear the idea of alcohol being consumed at any hour of the day. I, I love the um, weaponization of Boozy. Boozy's been weaponized. Yeah. So <laughs> you have been Boozy. <laughs> Yes. But, I, think, but I do think... Many of go around to Tesco's and, and buy some cheap booze. I mean, yes. at the end of the day, particularly. Um... <laughs> but don't you think, Andrew, that there's a problem, slight problem here? Because the thing is, the rules were so draconian mm. and people were treated so 
Um, you know, the problem is, is that he, what he's asking for now is sympathy. And, you know, Imogen and I do mm. have sympathy and so do you. And that's fine. Mm. But he's asking for, for sympathy. But other people, the public was not given any sympathy with these rules. And that's the difficulty, isn't it? It's just that if you're asking for people to cut you some slack and your government during these lockdowns didn't cut anyone any slack. Yes. Kind of hard. That's, that's what I, I think. Yeah. I don't think anyone ever, ever supported him on the grounds that he was a meticulous keeper of mm. any kind of rule. Mm. And during the pandemic, he has sometimes resisted calls for even stricter rules. And in retrospect, some of the rules, in fact, some people have said this at the time, some of the rules seem extremely cruel, not mm. being able to visit some member of your family mm. who is mm. dying. Mm. Awful stuff. We didn't get it all right, but on the whole, the Prime Minister was holding out against really. Yes, really no, he definitely was the person who he was reluctant to he do. He was it least all. lockdown. He was, he? he was not Mr. Lockdown yes. at all. In fact, that was Dominic, and he mm. was the person who can wanted I, to lock down harder yeah. and faster. Can I just ask, how much do you think that we're all being manipulated by Dominic Cummings? Because I slightly feel that we're all being played. I, I do feel slightly crossed I mean, this... that I'm dancing to his tune yeah. all of a sudden. You know, he seems to be a yeah. master manipulator at brilliant stuff. He's master of guerrilla political warfare. Yes, that's and it what feels he does, we yeah. are, I all feel like the country is being played a bit. That mm. you know, suddenly he decides to release this document. He's the one who's saying, "Oh, yeah. look, look at you with your with your booziness." And, <laughs> and I just think it's a bit weird. We're all. I feel that we're all being played by him, and he's somehow chuckling like a madman in his cottage, wherever the hell he is. <laughs> he's it definitely is a chuckling weird. like a madman. Um, and I mean. Abraham Lincoln wasn't, wasn't particularly popular when, he, when the Republicans had to decide who they were going to back when there was an election during the American Civil War. And Lincoln said mm. to them, look, I know you don't, you don't, you don't all approve of me, but um, there's a lot to be said for not changing horses while you're crossing the river. Mm. Um, and yes, although people yes, hope yes. we're through the worst of the pandemic, to change horses now, I think, would just look incredibly frivolous by the Conservative Party. Mm. And I think the longer I, they I, think no, about I don't, it, the I, more I, they'll realise that. Yes, I completely agree. Sorry. But I think there are, there, 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 there are a couple of issues, which is that the election is in 2024. Mm. And... For me, there's, the problem is this, is that he's. I think he's actually done really well during the pandemic mm. under really difficult circumstances. We've got this incredible vaccine programme, which really has got us out of the mer, as the French say. Mm. And my worry is that all of this stuff eclipses that, and mm. that's a problem, mm. because unfortunately people will cleave to all that sort of stuff. And the second thing is that, you know, whatever mistakes this administration may have made, they're downside better than the alternative, which is Labour. Um, and can you imagine? Yeah. And, and, and we, you know, the, if the Tories lose the next election, mm. then... You You've know, got Angela, my little pony, Rainer. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it, there, I think there are, there are questions that go beyond the Prime Minister here about, you know, the party itself and the survival of the party and the reputation of the party. And I think, I think that's his difficulty, really, because... I think that if he, I mean, I think uh, nothing will happen now, I don't think. I think it'd be absolutely fine. And I think it'll all sort of slightly die down until obviously Dominic finds something else in his bottom mm -hmm. drawer. But the point is that there are the May elections are coming up and we will need to see what happens there. What do you think, Andrew? Yes. Well, I think that's right. Boris Johnson won't just sit there and, and, and wait for the May elections to hit him. He'll mm. do things. Uh, this could sound a bit like King Lear. I don't know what, what he'll do. Um, but they will be the terror of the world. I mean, he'll do stuff on immigration, for mm. example, which the Labour Party will find very, very difficult to deal with. Mm. It will involve sort of suspending the European Convention on Human Rights or something. And the Labour Party is led by a, a, an estimable 
North London human rights lawyer, mm. admirable man in his way, but what the hell is he going to say when the convention, which, which he is a devoted supporter of, when that's suspended or something mm. similar in order to get a grip on the, on the boats coming across the channel? Mm. Well, then we'll all be screaming and shouting about that, mm. and Johnson would have changed the subject. So mm. I think he has real prospects of recovery. I mean, although obviously the you know, events can always always derail you and the, mm. the rising inflation and gas prices and all that. But he, we can't talk about, frankly, we can't talk about who went out into the Down Street Garden to have a drink on the 20th of May, uh, 2020 forever. Other subjects, other yeah. even more important subjects yeah. will, 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 uh, will, will dominate the agenda and he and the Prime Minister obviously will be encouraging that. Well, let's hope. Let's hope. Let's hope he's. Let's hope he gets through this and out the other side. I feel that with you and Imogen at his side, uh, yes. actually, he can go Well, he should listen more to us, really. Yes, he should. Yes. He should have said no to the boozy. <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah. I mean, you know, it's 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 all very emotive. That's the problem. Yeah, I can't believe he was out of bed anyway. He'd just been in intensive, he just had care. intensive care. He yes. just been, I can't believe he would want a glass of wine in the garden, frankly. Yeah, you know, four weeks out of intensive care. I know. Yeah, extraordinary. Yes. Anyway, thank you very much, Andrew. Um, thanks for talking to us. Pleasure. That was Andrew Jimson, Boris Johnson's biographer. What a wise man. Very. Hmm. You are listening to the Female Half Hour with me, Sarah Vine, and Imogen Edwards-Jones. You can visit mailplus.co.uk/slash-subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces, and more. And if you want to get in touch, you can tweet us at mailplus at Westminster Wag or Imogen at Imogen EJ. Food star Henry Dimbleby has warned that vegan food alternatives such as vegan chicken nuggets are in fact junk food and could even be worse than meat. Can you imagine Imogen anything that's worse than meat? No, nothing worse than meat. <laughs> nothing worse Disgusting. Than meat. Anyway, we've got Henry here now to talk to us about this. Hello, Henry. Worse than meat. Hello. Is it because it's too processed, Henry? Is that the yes, reason? Yes. Well, there are two things going on. So most of our food, about 50% of the food we eat in this country is processed and 85% of that is unfit to be marketed to children. And wow. so, so much of our diet is junk food. We're in this kind of junk food, we're trapped in a junk food cycle. Mm. And so obviously the first place to go if you're making alternative proteins is to burgers and chicken nuggets and so forth. And that's what sells. So mm. a lot of that food happens to be high in saturated fat, high in salt and so forth, because it's just replacing junk food. So it's better environmentally but it's still bad for you it doesn't need to be that way it's mm. just reflecting the diet that we currently eat well, what's what's in a vegan chicken nugget i mean that's an oxymoron already but what is in in something oh, like big that word, i know i'm very clever <laughs> so it depends it depends <laughs> it depends where you um it depends where you get it from but it will have some kind of extracted protein which may come from a pea or from soya or in some case from oats uh, and then it will have a number of other flavor enhancements put into it often mm. glutamates which give you that umami taste of meat yeah, uh, yeah and i've had a few i've had you know i've had ones from from the states which actually my children they, they sent me a bag and my children uh love them because they taste like chicken uh, they're yeah. not particularly healthy those are actually lower in salt than most chicken nuggets yeah. But, you know, they're just basically protein made to taste like uh, like chicken. So, you know, you'd be better off eating, you know, lentils and chickpeas in a vegan diet mm. that's just cut from scratch. But, you know, yes. I've, I've actually not 
ordered another bag of these things because my, my children now, even the meat eaters, yeah. kind of uh, almost refuse to have anything else. And, it's, and it seems like it's a huge market because you go into any supermarket now and there's a huge sort of selection of vegan, you know, vegan stuff. Like Marks and Spencers has gone bananas yeah. on the old vegan front. And it all is, as you say, quite sort of fast foody. And also... It's also fake, though. I mean, it's the idea yeah. that... Why would you... If you're a vegan, why do you want to eat a sausage? Why don't you have something else? Do you know? It's just... Do you know it's, well, why, I think why it's are they because, posing as something else? Well, I think else? it's because, because there are lots of people who want to be vegan for environmental reasons, not because of the animals. I get that. I get that. But why eat a yeah. sausage? I, I don't know. understand. I know. I don't understand. I, 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 vegetable products shaped like meat, I've always thought was weird. But, yeah. you know, we do need to eat less meat. Currently, the animals that we breed uh, for food weigh twice as much as all the humans on the planet and 10 times as much as the wild animals and wow. take up 85% of the land we farm um, here in the UK, either for rear you know, eating grass or growing food to feed them. Mm. It's, it's completely overtaken the environment. We need to eat mm. less. Mm. And I think it's kind of a necessary evil, actually. It's one, not a necessary evil, it's kind of one of the small upsides of the terrible diet we eat, this mm. junk food cycle I talked about the food strategy, is that you can replace these products and you can take some of that pressure off the environment. Hopefully mm. over time, we can change our diet and change the way we eat and uh, and we can achieve both things. But I think at the moment, it is, on balance, a good thing that these products exist. Do you think so? I mean, I've noticed that the big sort of fast food chains have all started producing vegan alternatives. McDonald's has got a vegan burger, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the, I States, mean, in the States, Burger King, 10% of the burgers they sell are, uh, are vegan. And they have this stuff that you can't yet sell here, which is this vegan heme blood, soy hemoglobin that tastes of blood. Uh, 10% of the burgers sold in Burger King are vegan. And half the people that eat those eat the meat as well. So they're kind of occasionally swapping for right. vegan, but they're not, they're not vegans themselves. Yeah. Is it a label that just gets sort of slapped on things? Because I keep seeing things like, this is vegan, vegan gummy bears, vegan... Mm. But I think... But... I mean, is it sort of just being used as a sort of, you know, alternative that like fresh used to be used on everything? <laughs> well, it's a selling tool. Yeah, yes. no, definitely. And, and, and it can, you know, there was always that low fat could be incredibly bad for you mm. uh, because it was full of sugar. But it's kind of, I think definitely the word vegan is being used to suggest that it is good in every way mm. when actually mm. it means it's just vegan. I remember when cholesterol was a big thing seeing mm -hmm. uh, plant products with no cholesterol stamped on them. Now, there isn't any <laughs> cholesterol in plants, anyway. but they stuck it on because it kind of said, I'm good, I'm worth eating. Right, okay. So, actually, if you're going to become vegan, just try and do it properly with recipes, actual proper yeah, but, food. Yeah, but don't beat yourself up about it. You know, having checked, some of these things are very different from others. So if, you, uh, really, uh, if you're eating a lot of these things... Mm. Uh, or your children are, look for the sap fat, look There's for the There's a lot salt. of jackfruit. But, Can you explain to me what jackfruit what is? What is that? Because I see jackfruit <laughs> yeah, a lot. Jackfruit is in... an extraordinary Indonesian, uh, huge, spiky Indonesian fruit that when you open it up, or, or it's typical, uh, they make your delicious jackfruit curries in Indonesia. Yeah. When you open it up, it has kind of, it's like a kind of huge pineapple, but a bit, mm. the, but it's yellow, the flesh, but, but uh, drier. And when you cook it, it has an absolutely kind of Moorish, savoury taste. It's just completely mm. delicious and a lovely texture. And I first had it in, in Indonesia in, 
in, in the early, late 90s, where I thought, my God, why is this being kept from all of us? Yes. And so that is actually a jackfruit, although I imagine that growing the fruit in Indonesia and fly, not the, flying yeah. it, flipping it here probably isn't great for the carbon footprint. Exactly. It is, is it going to become the new avocado, is my worry? Is the jackfruit <laughs> the new avocado? Well, then, I don't know then... about the one, but the problem with avocados is the water usage is, is huge, yeah. and it mm. is being grown at the moment in some water-scarce uh, areas. I don't yeah. know... Um, with the jackfruit, whether the water shortage is a problem or what what the the kind of environmental issues are. Because you do get these sort of other environmental issues that crop up mm. when things become incredibly Soya, all popular and all this yeah. kind of stuff. So, so it is all a bit of a balancing act, isn't it, really? That is the problem. You know, if you look at meat, for example, and look, take beef. The lowest carbon form of beef is the feedlot system in the States where they feed them with growth hormones oh. and uh, antibiotics. They grow very quickly mm. and they feed them with grain. So they grow very quickly and release little methane. So you have all the time, you have these trade-offs between animal mm. welfare, biodiversity, carbon, and it is, a, it is a minefield. But I do think that they kind of really just kind of eat. If you have one mantra, Michael Pollan's mantra is not a bad one. Eat food, things that recognize as food, not too much and mostly mm. plants, and you can't really go wrong with that. Mm-mm. I don't really eat much meat anyway. Don't you? No, not a big fan. No. Oh God, do you know what, Henry? I, that was amazing. Very interesting. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if Thanks. people want to read more, where can they find it? Is there a, is there a, a link so, yes, or a website? It, 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 there are actually, on this topic, the, the National Food Strategy, which is an independent review I did for government, is mm. on nationalfoodstrategy.org. It's written, I hope, in a pretty direct, clear and interesting style and about mm. seven or eight of the 16 chapters are about meat and protein because when you look at the food system and you pull on a thread and you keep pulling, so many of those threads end up, uh, end up with meat because it does, as I said, just dominate mm. uh, the biosphere, dominate the planet mm. at the moment. Mm. Well, thank you. Thanks so much. Well, that was Food Czar Henry Dimbleby. Genius. He knows what he's talking he about. He really seriously yeah. does, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. That's put us in our place. Yes. <laughs> so, unvaccinated tennis star Novik Djokovic could have his visa revoked again, Imogen. Mm. Officials warned this morning, <laughs> keeping him from competing in the Australian Open. I'd be relieved not to have to compete in the Australian <laughs> Open, quite honestly. <laughs> There we go. I'm not a tennis player. What is going to happen? Yes, quite. What is going to happen? Let's look at the stars for some answers. And here to help us do that is our resident astrologer, Teresa Chung. Teresa, hello. How are you? Hello and happy 2022. Gosh, it's, it's going very well so hello. far, Teresa. <laughs> it's been a quiet year. Yes. <laughs> Great. Yeah, but you know, can I just kick off by saying I, I love how astrology works because at the moment the news cycle is being defined by two men, one at the beginning of the Gemini uh, spectrum and, and the other at the end. That's uh, Novak, who is a cusp kind of Gemini, and then we have Boris, who's at the other end of cusp kind of Gemini. Fascinating. And they're both struggling with the same issue at the moment about what did they say, what did they do, and are they yeah. telling the truth? And that is something associated with Gemini's. They are not incapable of bending the truth. <laughs> but because they're the twins as well, the sign is the twins, they actually believe that their own, oh, yeah, own, they do. own stories. Oh, yes. That's what's so heart frustrating. <laughs> they genuinely believe what they have created in their minds to be Absolutely. the truth. 
Um, it's a defining, and it's what Gemini's need to watch. But it also means why they're so constantly in the news, because they are willing to push the boundaries in ways that other people would just think, no, I can't go there. But they do. Yes, and yes. More. My daughter's a Gemini. That's really interesting. <laughs> my dad's a Gemini. Yeah. Are He's you telling the truth? Absolute pathological <laughs> I mean, liar. Yes, so is I my daughter. Yes. yes, but they do it in such a delightful Gosh. way because you kind of, they're frustrating and and delightful in the same moment in the same moment and they're so they're incapable to pin down they really are they won't be pinned down um, you know because they they they're like the eternal butterfly do you think do you think they're going to do you think they're going to succeed in their quests mm. is is no we'll know about get on the tennis court do you think I'm going to say I have a feeling that Australia might take a stand. But this is just my, my gut. I could be wrong here. But, you know, it doesn't really matter because either way, Novak will turn it into a win yeah. because that's the character he is. He is, in his own mind, a winner. And I also think he's in his mid-30s now that he's at a point in his life that he might actually like to go off and teach and do other things. Right. And, you know, the stresses of winning another competition, that this might be actually the ideal scenario for him to to move on and be a success in another field. So it's win-win for him. He compete. If he competes, though, he'll have so much to prove. Yeah, and he he's will. got such that self-belief mentality. He meditates for an hour a day. He's very much into self-belief, visualization. You know, he has very faddy beliefs as well about, you know, if you bless food or you pray over food, that it's better for you. So I can understand his stance about, vaccination because anything he puts into his body he regards as he has to have control over it nobody else can say he's ultimate control which is very controversial stance to take so but either way he will make it a success and the same with boris you know he's going to try and just hope this story runs out and that we all get exhausted with yeah, it and distract us with something um, else mm. but even if he is booted out He'll he'll bounce again. Oh, of course he's he like will. He's Tigger. <laughs> yeah. He's Tigger. I mean, all Gemini's are Tigger, aren't they? Basically. Mm. Yes. Yes, and and also Novak, you know, being a Gemini, you know, he is number one. He's achieved number one. Mm. I mean, I think he wants one more Grand Slam to be the ultimate, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah, he but he's to... already yeah. been there, done that. And and Gemini, of course, it was ruled hands are associated with Gemini. It's the perfect sign because actually, I believe, and Nadal, is another Gemini. Um, who's also a fantastic tennis player. Mm. So watching the two of them play, you have the Geminis on court, you know, doing what they love, tossing balls in the air. <laughs> you know, um, it's all about physical action, motion, being resilient, yeah. and fluent. So, so listen, we're not going to worry about either of them because they're going to be absolutely fine. They'll be fine. Because they're big old, big old, they're self bouncy they're Geminis. You know, they have... They have they they have the self belief that really they've got to a state now that they are so their self belief is so strong. Whatever the media says, however much they're condemned, doesn't matter. They they they're fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. I'm absolutely going to immediately stop worrying about them. <laughs> thank, thank you, Teresa. <laughs> What a relief, Sarah. What a relief. I I I'm not I'm not a great fan of Djokovic. I don't like his style of tennis playing. I don't. Like, you? I like Roger. <laughs> Roger's my you, man. You would, Federer. Only because he's, no, he's, he's dishy. Only because well, no, he's dishy. No, he's not. He's yes. a god. He's a tennis god. He's a very god good looking. Tennis. That's Again. why. Novak Djokovic isn't handsome. That's why you don't like his tennis. It's nothing, nothing to do, to do with, with the, the way they look. It's all about the sport. Oh, liar. <laughs> no, of course you 
course you'd be drawn to him because he's a fire sign like you. Oh, you see. You know, yeah. it's like seeking like. You know, the Nadal and, and, and Djokovic are, are air signs, you mm. know. What is but Roger Federer's star sign? He's a Leo. Oh, of course. Oh, he's a oh, very course. proud Leo, versatile. Yes. With his mane. Look at his um, mane. Look at his lovely mane. <laughs> He's a lion. <laughs> They're the big three, aren't they? And they're unstoppable. Uh, yes, but, yes. Um, you know, yes, we're very compatible Djokovic, romantically. Whatever the decision. Yes, he can queue up with Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Former queue, guys. Djokovic, Djokovic, I, I wish I knew his time of birth because then I could be more accurate. I'm just kind of doing because I just know mm. his day. Uh, of birth, isn't, there's not much detail about that, but from, from his day of birth, you know, there's a lot to indicate. What, what why day is he, he born on? What's, what's his birthday? I think it's the 22nd of May. Oh, okay. So that's mm. just at the beginning, leaving Taurus behind, and mm. we just begin uh, Gemini. And then, of mm. course, Boris, he's the 19th of June, which is mm. we're just leaving uh, Gemini behind, mm, we're going to mm. Cancer. So Boris is more emotional, mm. um, whereas a Novak would be much more earthy and resilient because mm. you know when you're a cusp they're both cusps mm. and fascinating that they are dominating the news mm. right now mm. showing gemini at its best and its worst yeah <laughs> yeah well thank you Teresa. that was wonderful and um uh, we should just warn the listeners it is mercury retrograde on friday mm. so boring mercury retrograde I, know, I, know. I wish we could just cancel it yeah all the more reason to stay well, on your sofa sarah all the more reason to stay on your are, sofa there are four this year which is just yeah. rude yeah are there i know yeah. it is just just know to just proceed with caution the next three weeks everyone just okay. think before you, you you act and 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 just double check i think double check Mm. is really important mm. now. Just mm. double check. And if you do that, mm. just don't make impulse decisions mm. and, and, as I say, proceed with caution. Okay. Thank you, Teresa. Goodbye. We shall speak next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. That was Teresa Chung, astrologer and author of the Element Encyclopedia of Birthdays. So there you go. Bad Geminis. Naughty Geminis. They're so bad. If you enjoy listening to The Half Hour, why not visit mailplus.co.uk slash subscribe to get access to all of our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. And if you want to get in touch, please do tweet us at mailplus or tweet me at Westminster Wag or Imogen at Imogen EJ, although she never answers her tweets. <laughs> <laughs> you have been listening to The Female Half Hour with me, Sarah Vine. Thank you for listening. Bye.